0: It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
2: joined today as always by my colleague and co-host lisa roman broadcaster and analyst for cbs sports on today's segment we are going to begin with a portland thorns preview so before we get into everything please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform we're also on youtube subscribe to us at youtube.com slash attacking third make sure you get all that exclusive nwsl content previews recaps interviews right here On Attacking 3rd, the NWSL season starts March 25th. You can watch games on Paramount+. And we are doing a team preview for every single club in the NWSL. Make sure you watch them on YouTube or listen to them on a podcast, tell all your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbors, tell your mom's dog, tell your cousin's dog, Uh, you know, like just, just spread the word, spread the good gospel of the NWSL. It's starting.
0: And uh, we're still doing the previews, Lisa. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited to talk through a couple teams, some top yeah. teams right now, uh, starting with Portland Thorns. And I mean... Runner like they're winners, they're reigning champions right now. So this is this is fun. Like it's fun to talk about every single team. I'm not going to pick favorites here, but it's really fun to talk about successful teams and how that translates to the next year because there can be a lot that goes right and a lot that goes wrong. There's there's a target, right? I mean, when when we're looking at the landscape of
2: the 12 teams in this league, you can point at certain clubs and say, okay, well those are going to be contenders Mm -hmm. looking forward. And I think it goes without saying that you're looking, when you look at Portland Thorns as the reigning uh, NWSL champions, uh, that is just an automatic target for this team. Let's talk a little bit about their offseason. Let's start with a team overview for the Thorns. Uh, they had an interesting offseason. I think that's uh, the best way we could put it uh, because they had a lot of attention on the front office and uh, the technical staff side of things because when we get to the roster portion of this, there's not a whole lot of changes, but we see a lot of different um, things going on for this team going into 2023. When we look at the technical staff, they promoted former uh, goalkeeper coach Mike Norris to head coach after the resignation of Ryan Wilkinson in December, 2022, we're talking just weeks, really months maybe uh, after winning the NWSL championship. Uh, and so they went ahead and just promoted from within trying, I guess, you know, an attempt to try to retain uh, some of the culture and, uh, Apparently taking some player feedback as well uh, and want to run with the uh, as much of the same team as possible moving forward. And I guess that also includes the technical staff, which is why when we saw um, the inf- the consequences drop for an investigation around this club, it included some swift changes uh, for the technical staff side of things Uh The Portland Thorns are no longer with uh, assistant coach Sophie Claw and trainer Pierre Sobriere, following an investigation into – Um, various allegations of misconduct. Um, We talked a little bit about this on an episode specifically um, within this investigation. The league had uh, made a release issuing um, some transparent updates about those investigations with the thorn specifically, but also the Washington spirit. So they were announced adjacent to each other, but there was a lot more uh, within these, this investigation for, uh, for the thorns um, uh, essentially the the league announced that there were investigations involving the thorns that included several individuals who essentially were terminated by the club and uh some are now ineligible for employment with the league in the near future, pending some conditions. Um, former trainer Pierre Sobreu was found to have given coding to players without a prescription. Um, and uh, Sophie Klo has to go through uh, some, some trainings if she wants to, you know, try and, uh, you know, get another position in this league because there were allegations of um, inappropriate behavior. Um, so, Big changes, I think, when you're looking at that. It's not just like, hey, we promoted a head coach because our other head coach resigned. This is a a technical staff that was with this team all throughout the duration of their championship run.
0: Yeah, I think that's the most interesting kind of part about it is that immediately after this team wins – the NWSL championship, it's found out that they have been going through a bit of an investigation, um, not only with some technical staff and and medical misconduct on that front, but also with their head coach and a little bit of misconduct there and two separate investigations happening. And and this really all came to a head right after um, the season ended, right? The the new head coach in, in Mike Norris was hired January 9th. This was right after the season ended, right before the NWSL draft for this year. So it all happened very quickly on the heels of a championship and and on the heels of, or really at the start of what could have been a very celebratory off season for this team. And I think still was very celebratory because they won the league and, and that's massive, but uh, they then had to face a little bit of poor news, right? And poor news circulation because of what was happening in these investigations, um, which changed a lot of kind of how the off season went, I think for them. But in terms of the overall changes for this team, like the main ones happened in the front office, not with the personnel and the players by any means.
2: No, when we're looking at the overview of this team, it really is just about the sort of rotating bench and we don't mean that in terms of of the players it really is just the extended staff i mean and that also includes uh, you know we can also really include uh, heather davis you know being appointed as as the ceo of, of the portland franchises both the timber and the thorns but in terms of revisiting this team the players who are going to play on the pitch in this regular season A lot of the 2022 roster was retained to go ahead and compete and try to run it back in 2023. They finished in the standings in number two with a 10-9-3 record. So they narrowly missed out on the shield to O.L. Reign. But that still meant that they got that bye straight to the semifinal. They were able to go ahead and advance to the finals and then ended up winning the whole dang thing uh, out in DC.
0: So when we looked at and their dominant season, winning the whole thing, oh my God, yeah. Like, it like it. <laughs> a stamp on it. It was not a close game uh, against the No, no, no.
2: Um, which was interesting because we were and curious how that was going to look. You know, there's some players on the Thorns that had never experienced. Uh, a championship final like that. And yet they went out there and they did the thing. Um, we were curious, you know, with that win, what that would mean for this roster in the off season? Was there gonna be, you know, was there gonna we're we gonna see a lot of turnover? Uh, we knew that Christine Sinclair was one of those players that were going to be probably sought after on the free agency list. Uh, she met the eligibility requirement as someone who has had more than six years of playing service within NWSL. What was going to happen there? Um she announced with enthusiasm at a trophy celebration rally that she was going to come back with the team for one more year so that they can try to chase a fourth championship specifically, but not a ton of major movement. But that doesn't necessarily mean they had a poor offseason. We gave them an off se- offseason grade of a B, a solid B for Portland And I think a big part of that was due to the fact that they did retain so much of their roster, but we also really liked how they navigated the draft. They entered draft day with just one pick and all of a sudden they found themselves with two top selections in the first round, a number uh, five selection and the number 12 selection. They ended up selecting Raina Reyes out of Alabama, Izzy Diakia from Santa Clara, but they also made some uh, additional picks for depth. Uh, in their later rounds, forward Lauren DeBeau and goalkeeper Lori Cazal from Michigan State, both at number 24 and number 32, respectively. So, I mean, I think there's something to be said that you're a championship caliber winning team. And you want to retain most of those pieces. Yeah. That's a successful offseason. I think if you could do that.
0: Yeah, I agree completely because not only did they re-sign Christine Sinclair, which could have arguably wa- been one of the biggest free agents if she hadn't re-signed um, as soon as they lifted that trophy. I mean, good for her. She wants to stay in Portland. Christine Sinclair will finish out her career, her professional career in, in Portland. I have no doubt about that. But they also re-signed Costa Rican international Rocky Rodriguez Rodriguez, who has been um, a big part of the glue of this midfield for this Thorns team. And then the breakout rookie for the Portland Thorns last year, and Sam Coffey, who got crack at the U.S. Women's National Team, who's been in the the World Cup talk for the United States over the last several months, was a Rookie of the Year nomination um, for that Portland Thorns season that she had uh, playing the defensive mid, arguably um, one of a a more veteran position on on a pitch to have a rookie step in and play there. Um, and, And not only that, but the fact that a championship team that lifts the trophy, wins the title one year, two months later is getting two first round draft picks. Like fantastic. What is your secret Portland Thorns? Like that is fantastic. That's not how it's supposed to happen. For those that are uh, not usually American fans and and the draft is a bit confusing to them. Usually the, the winner of the season prior gets last pick going into the draft. So they don't get to pick top town in the first round, even the second round sometimes because they just won. They've already got a stacked team. They're coming off a championship season. That's how these drafts work in America. And Portland somehow finagles their way to two first round draft picks. And not only two first round draft picks, two massive picks in Reyna Reyes and Izzy Deakia. Massive picks for those those teams and that yeah. that team and those players. That's why we give them a B. And I stand by that B Um, because also not that many changes needed to be made, but I think they still added what they needed to. And I also think the way that Portland handled the new coaching hire um, – it's. it was definitely not what they wanted to do, right? Have to hire a new coach after they just win the championship. So they stick with someone that's already been in the family. Mike Norris hired um, before the 2022 season and was an assistant throughout their championship run and, and now can slot into that head manager role right as soon as Rian Wilkinson leaves. And it's not too much of a hiccup for the team. I think they handled that pretty well.
2: You know, I think I think it's important to note that They wanted to try to get player feedback, you know, in in, in this process. And that's ultimately something that that led to just the eventual promotion of Norris and into the role. And I think, you know, the offseason could go by pretty quickly, you know, in in a blink. So there actually isn't as much time as I think people anticipate to try to find not just the head coach, but the right coach, because that's something else that we've had to cover um, when we talk about NWSL and hiring practices over the last two years, it's it's a different type of practice now. The The vetting process is not what it used to be in the first decade of this league, where a lot of times it was just not as many checks and balances. And that just is no longer the case anymore in this league. I, I remember when you and I had to cover um, the Red Stars head coaching hiring process and, and hearing from Chris Petroselli yeah. and saying how it was the m- most strenuous hiring process that he had ever been through and this he's someone who's been around the game for quite some time both the collegiate level and even with amongst national team programs and he was like this was very very intense yeah Um, so you know you have to imagine trying to cast a wide scope in a very very limited amount of time in your offseason and I think for the Thorns to try to get as much feedback as they could from their players to ultimately try to retain what they had built last season is a plus for them moving forward but you know, I guess that could be considered, you know, when we're looking at losses that this team suffered in the offseason, that is technically a loss. I mean, you you are put in a position to where you have to make a new head coaching hire. Um, they also uh, witnessed the retirement of, uh, of a player in Melissa Everett, um, who's actually going to make the choice to, to go on back to, to school, wants to go and become a nurse. But they also, in order to get those extra picks in the first round. Yeah. They said farewell to Yasmin Ryan, who was an essential piece for this team down the stretch, really in that second half of the season, all the way through to the championship final. We want to talk about players who had excellent games in those big time moments. Yasmin Ryan was one of those players. So a pretty, pretty significant player to move uh, in a trade with Gotham FC, but you're talking one to two players from an entire championship roster. That's that's not a that's not a bad turnout for your offseason, I think if you're the Thorns.
0: I agree completely. Yeah, I mean, the, for sure the biggest loss for Portland is is Yasmeen Ryan. I mean, all the wellest of wishes to Marissa Everett and, and the time she put in with this league and, and with this team. Um, but Yasmin Ryan is a player that had invested in Portland and Portland invested in Ryan, because when you look back to two years ago, 2021, Yasmin Ryan was a player that stood in the wings a lot, worked really hard in training and just wasn't really able to get her moment to shine. She was able to come in during the Olympic stretch and, and get significant time. Uh, but it was really just fill in a hole for the, the superstars that were gone and missing on an international break. And that's what happened with Ryan in 2021 in 2022. Um, in speaking with the coaching staff at Portland, Ryan is a player that works her tail off in the off season to become a starting player, to push someone out of a starting position and make it hers. And, and we saw that evolution of a player of Ryan throughout the 2022 season that by the end, she is a, a consistent starter in the lineup. She's consistently engaged in the attacking part of the field, contributing to goal-scoring opportunities in the build-up to goal-scoring plays. Now, a lot of the goal-scoring fell to someone like a Sophia Smith when you look at this Portland Thorns roster, but Ryan was part of it, um, getting tackles in in the 18-yard box to win the ball over and to start the high counter press to to be a flank player and send crosses into the box and then immediately be that defensive wing back that Portland needed. Ryan fed into the Portland Dorn system and and Portland they worked really well together, I'm going to say. And and with this massive trade that happened, Yasmin Ryan is went from Portland to LA for a couple hours mm-hmm. and ends up in Gotham which um <laughs> A, a team that, I mean, we talked about it, but with Ryan not being at Portland anymore, I think that's that's one of the biggest losses for this team because now they have to fill a hole that they most recently filled with a player like Ryan.
2: You know, I think we're we're going to flesh out the remainder of this roster. and We could chat a little bit about who we think might step up in, in the absence of this player. So we're going to go through Portland's entire preseason roster with everyone right after
1: a quick break.
0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
2: All right, let's chat a little bit about uh, the preseason roster for for Portland Thorns. There have been some cuts for some teams uh, as the regular season inches closer and closer. But for Portland, this is who we saw through the preseason. We saw Bella Bixby, Shelby uh, Hogan, and Lauren Cazal for the goalkeeping. Core for defenders, they listed 10 with Shaylin Hubbard, Kelly Hubley, Megan Klingenberg, Natalie Cuica, Tegan McGrady, Emily Menges, Megan Nally, Gabby Provenzano, Arena Reyes, and Becky Sauerbrunn. For midfielders, eight are listed Sam Coffey, Crystal Dunn, Olivia Moultrie, Taylor Porter, Sydney Pulver, Rocky Rodriguez, Christine Sinclair, and Hina Seguida. And for forwards, Janine Becky, Natalie Beckman, Hannah Beffer. Izzy Diakia, Lauren DeBeau, Sophia Smith, Michelle Vasconcelos, and Morgan Weaver included amongst the forward as well. Let's talk a little bit about these players. We've got one, two, three, four-ish players listed as as draft players uh, amongst this roster, so we know right away those are the new faces in this team, but we're talking about four. Draft picks amongst so many other players who have already had some time together, a number of which uh, are champions together as well. Maybe let's start with the midfields because we were just talking about uh, Yasmin Ryan and uh, what that could look like and uh, the hole that she may or may not be leaving behind in her absence. Uh, Coffee, Dunn, Moultrie, Porter, Pulver, Rodriguez, and Claire. Sugita, I know when we were watching Florence games last year, we were really, really high on Sugita. And I just think he's going to be another one of those players that they really rely upon.
0: Yeah. In
2: the middle, especially in light of the absence of Ryan.
0: Yeah, I think they will rely on someone like Ahina Sugita and not only the technical skill, but the the football IQ of a player like Sugita um, to be able to play this really smart, intelligent style football that Portland likes to play. And, and despite a coaching change at the helm for the Thorns, I don't think the style of football is going to change all that much because Mike Norris, now head coach, was there last year. He understands that the, the the foundation that Portland Thorns has and and what they want to play. And and also last year in 2021, Portland Thorns saw the return of Crystal Dunn towards the end of the year that a a player like Dunn slowly building more and more minutes up. And as we know from her international play during this off season, Dunn is back. She's 100% ready to go. 90 minute games. Let's go. Which I think maybe also helps fill that hole of a Yasmeen Ryan, which it, I mean, the fact that Ryan is no longer there, there's still a lot of talent on this roster. I think I'm hoping to see more from Olivia Moultrie. This is a player that we've seen an evolution over the last couple of years, more and more minutes, more consistency, um, continuing to grow her international game. But can we see even more consistency from a Moultrie? Maybe a few consecutive starts from this player, which is something we really haven't seen too much of. I think the midfield is one of the... um, the pieces of this Portland Thorns puzzle that is perhaps the most stacked with the talent that they have in Sam Coffee, Crystal Dunn, Christine yeah. Sinclair, Hina Seguida, Rocky Rodriguez, and then also the part that still has some holes to fill in terms of how they're going to play against opposition this year because the other teams in the league have also kind of leveled up their midfield, so to say. Um, And of course, this is a world cup year. We're going to talk about it, but that leaves a lot of holes, leaves a lot of holes. But in this forward group, there's a lot of fun names that jump out, but Morgan Weaver is a player that I want to continue to see evolve with the Portland Thorns team. She's one that has, had moments of greatness and then had a lot of moments of, of really good contribution, but Ken, I want to see her score more goals. Honestly, it sounds so simple to ask that of a forward and Morgan Weaver, but I know she's playing alongside someone like a Sophia Smith, who so easily knocks them back and finds the back of the net, Mm. but I want Morgan to challenge Sophia Smith in that goal scoring race at Portland Thorns. I, I just want to see a little bit more from Weaver this year in her all-fall movement and her shot selection.
2: I think maybe this is the year to do that. You know, we're yeah. t- talking a lot in some of these previews about this being a World Cup year and how these international cycles tend to provide, uh, you know, opportunities for for players in, in the absence of, you know, international players who are off, um, you know, with their national teams. Or something like an Olympics or a World Cup, um, so I don't think that's a. Uh, I don't think that's like a, an unrealistic uh, thing to, to present. I think in this case for the Thorns, when we're looking at the personnel in front of them and players who will likely be with the team throughout some of these long stretches in the absence of some of these other players, and we'll talk about some of those players who are going to. Uh, go missing perhaps for for Portlands because there's a lot of them and we'll break them all down but in terms of looking at starting 11s and who can make impacts uh, on game days for this team whether it's a young prospect or that experienced veteran I think when we ran through this roster pointed out about four different uh draftees on on the preseason roster so when it comes to that young prospect who do we want to see? Make an impact, And we're going back and forth a little bit because I think there's room to actually make a selection for some of these draft picks, but there's also room to, you know, present that for, for players who are going to have a sophomore season uh, in NWSL. And, and for the forums, we're looking at Raina Reyes as someone to, to possibly get in there, make a name for herself and try to say, Hey, you picked me with your number five pick overall you obviously want to keep me as a piece, maybe build with me and I'm going to show you that I'm worth it. But there's also somebody like a Sam coffee yeah. while she resigned with the team going to enter a sophomore uh, season with, with, with the thorns and, and how is she going to look now that, um, you know, now that she's got a sense of security, really. You know, they renegotiated the contract. They wanted to make sure to lock her up. And and that can benefit a player moving forward.
0: Yeah, I, I hope that the contract negotiation for Coffee to sign her for a considerable amount of time after her rookie year does give that player a little bit of confidence. And and I think that this offseason has been challenging for a player like Sam Coffey because of the international conversation. Because Sam Coffee was in and out of the women's uh, – United States women's national team roster. She she went to New Zealand and then she didn't play at all in New Zealand and then she didn't get rostered for the She Believes Cup in February. Um, and is she out of that conversation? And I think it can affect a player's mentality about the sport when you are in that group in that conversation and now you're no longer. But for someone like a coffee, um, I think that because it happened in January and February leading up to the start of a season at the end of March, I'm hoping that the maturity of a player that was had so much pressure and had to grow a lot as a professional in 2022 is able to take that experience uh, of the international game and not being called in to be able to say, okay, I'm going to focus all of my energy onto my club team and be so much better than I was last year when she's already at the top of her game. The ceiling is so high for a player like Coffee. I want to see her continue to grow and take those steps. And, and I hope that she has the confidence to do that this year. Um, now, there's always the the side of it that goes, she knows a little bit more about the league. And and she did go through and get a Rookie of the Year nomination and win the championship. Um, and the negativity of being a rookie maybe helped her a little bit. But I, I think that she's still surrounded by the same players, all but one that were there last year. She is still familiar with Mike Norris uh, as the coach. I'm excited for coffee, and I think Rina Reyes could step in as despite being a draft pick and a rookie this year and a defender who we don't often see get a lot of time, I think she's one of the players that we could see get rotated in and start to get a little bit more time in the back line um, as this year kind of unfolds.
2: Yeah, no, we'll have to see, especially during those Challenge Cup windows. Yeah. You know, um. When that's where there will be some midweek matches, and we'll have to take a look at it maybe during you know the the stretch of a World Cup in in light of uh, some players who will who will go missing. And listen, for the Thorns, there's a lot of big names on this roster, but that also means that they're big names because they're attached to, to national teams as well, and not just the United States. We're talking Canada, Japan. <laughs> talking Costa Rica. So let's take a look at some of these players who might go missing for some stretches of time here. Uh, Christine Sinclair and Janine Becky, uh, we feel will be absent likely representing Canada in a world cup. Um, Hina Sagita is someone that we could see with, with Japan after, you know, we're talking about this is a player that they might rely upon a bit in the midfield uh, even more so than they did in the, in her inaugural season with the club last year. But, Becky Sauerbund, Crystal Dunn, Sophia Smith. Listen, those are locks for us. I know we think we're going to see them at the World Cup for the United States, whether there's a final roster announced yet or not. But there's also Rocky Rodriguez for for Costa Rica. So it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, up to seven possible uh,
0: players. We're talking about... Starting caliber players. Seven starters. Seven starters that could be gone for the bulk of the Challenge Cup play throughout uh, this year in 2023. Mm -hmm. I mean, and these are big, big names, Uh, especially when you look at the midfield that could be lost, right? That's a Christine Sinclair, Hina Sugita, Crystal Dunn, Rocky Rodriguez. That's why when we talked about the midfield and we looked at this roster, um, we pointed out players like a Sam Coffey, like an Olivia Moultrie. Can they really step in um, and and fill some of those holes that these international players are going to leave? And I also think that why it allows for someone like a, a Reina Reyes as the young prospect, a rookie this year out of Alabama, to get some significant time in, in the Challenge Cup days for this Portland Thorns side because someone like a Becky Sauerbrunn is going to be gone. And and yes, they have Kelly Hubbley in the back line, Megan Klingenberg, Quika, But I, I want to see Reyes get some time. I mean, these are huge names. Yeah. Huge names.
2: No, me too. I'm with you. Listen, they participated – in that multi-team trade in order to get the extra first-round selection. My hope is that these players do enough in preseason to earn themselves, uh, you know, a contract, and maybe we get to see them during this international cycle. The disjointed though, leaves a lot of room for some what-ifs. You yeah. know, we've seen we've seen teams struggle during these stretches of times. I don't know if I would necessarily include Portland, in that equation. I think the last time maybe they went on a really tough streak during a World Cup cycle might have been during that 2015 World Cup. They didn't look too bad to me during the cycle of of 2019. And um, they didn't look too bad during that Tokyo uh, Olympic (laughs) cycle either, uh, in terms of the absence of players there. Um, So there's something to say about this club retaining the players that they have played uh, in the, in the NWSL championship and it's still mostly that uh, roster who lifted the trophy. Yeah. Um, but with some of the players who will come in and come out, it still leaves room for the question of how they're going to fare during these international stretches. But that's not our biggest burning question Our biggest burning question for Portland is, can they repeat? Because we believe that they can. It's tough to win championships in the National Women's Soccer League. We've heard players talk about that all of the time. It's such a triumphant moment. When they do win titles, you can see the joy uh, on their faces and the agony and defeat when they when they miss out on it. Uh, so we know how hard it is to to, to win titles. We, we cover it. We watch it all the time. But it's even harder to win consecutive uh, championships. And the last time I think we saw that was during that stretch of run with the North Carolina Courage. Um, yeah. 2018 and 2019. So we haven't it's seen very it.
0: Very hard to do. I, I remember last year during the playoff run, we talked about one of the graphics that CBS was using a lot was the back-to-back winners and how it worked. And, and you look yeah. at a team like Washington Spirit that won in 2021 and then we're Man. suffering in 2022. Yeah. Now we have this team and, and their roster, Washington's roster did not change much going from 2021 to 2022. And now we have this Portland team that. Their roster hasn't changed too much going from one championship year to the other. And when you look at the landscape of all other 11 teams in the NWSL, their rosters have bulked up tremendously, tremendously. Can Portland do it? Can they do a two-peat? It is going to be much easier or excuse me, much, much harder than it ever was last year, much harder than they ever imagined it to be. But because of who they've got, the players, the personnel, the fact that they were able to do it last year, I'm predict a top three finish for this team to end the year. I do. I think they'll be right there competing for um, a first round bye at the end of the season during the playoffs. And then once you get into playoffs, it's a whole other story. But I think that Portland could do it. If there's a team that can do it, it's this Portland side. There's a lot of similar similarities to that um North Carolina team that went back to back a few years ago.
2: You know, I'm when we were going through our rundowns and, and contemplating this, we had approximately three teams that we knew that were, that we felt are going to round out the top three and top four. We got, we got to call it top four because it's always been four teams that are considered like the, mm-hmm. the heavyweight contenders and, um, Prior to the playoff expanding to six teams, it was always four teams and a semifinal and then championship finals appearance. Now there's a quarterfinal round and then a semifinal round, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're still a top, if you're a top four team, that means you get to host. So it, it means something to be a top four team. But for the Thorns, we think it's going to be somewhere in the top three. It's not even going to be top four. We think it's going to be top, I top three uh, for sure. I just think um, the Thorns aren't aren't too different. I think that's something – that is the one common thread. I think when we're talking about mm-hmm. um, this World Cup year and all of these previews for each of the 12 clubs, every single team is going to go through a stretch of time where they are missing key players. Are there going to be some teams with more players absent than some others? Sure. But I think the Thorns and the depth of their roster have shown that they can stay relevant. Yeah, They can compete through those stretches, and I think that's what gives them a
0: little bit of the X factor. That's what makes them scary. If you're other teams and you're looking at this Portland side, that's what makes them scary. I mean, we talked a little bit about even last year with
2: watching somebody like Yasmin Ryan. It's like once she got that opportunity and that window of time to get in there and go on the run that she she went on, she absolutely – was like you're not putting me back on the bench. I like, know. I'm snatching this opportunity and running with it. And she wrote it all the way through the championship finals. So we'll see. We'll see. Who's gonna be who's gonna be the those players to to step up and sort of um you know steal the spotlight a little bit. It's gonna be exciting to watch, but we definitely think it's gonna be in a top three finish for the Portland Thorns. And hopefully they uh they give us all a special treat and uh introduce a back to back uh championship. Oh, yeah. run. Uh, we'd love to cover it. We'd love to see it. Uh, thanks, everybody. That's all we've got for you today. Uh, thanks for joining us on Attacking Third. Download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us, too. Subscribe to us on YouTube to get alerts for whenever we go live at youtube.com slash Attacking Third. And we'll be back with more team-by-team previews for the 2023 season. It kicks off March 25th on Paramount+. Plus For Sandra Ritter and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third.